as I said, it's really good to be here. Um, and, you know, as much as uh, I like the opportunity, I do feel a little bit like Pete's kind of, you know, put me on the spot in that while he's away, he's given me the topic, submit to your leaders. So, uh, you know, he'll be back next week, but I will be too. So I guess uh, we'll see <laughs> whether uh, the message that he's uh, wanted to pass on through me um, has been heeded. No, but, but it is actually a hard topic, isn't it? Submit to your leaders, uh, submit and obey leadership, uh, particularly in Australia. You know, we, we uh, don't love the whole tall poppy thing. Um, we like to make sure everybody is kind of cut down to size. We don't love it when people kind of shout uh, their own uh, glory, blow their own trumpet. And uh, we, you know, we like to think we're kind of really egalitarian in that way, or we're a small nation, and so our companies too are probably a little bit um, maybe flatter uh, than in um, some other nations. We're not as used to uh, feeling like there are leaders that are really high above us. Obviously, we find our politicians difficult to respect, uh, at times, although I think that may be a universal issue. Uh, and when we're in a church, particularly like this one, uh, it's hard to think about the leader as someone who uh, is different to us because we are people who are very competent in our various workplaces, uh, in our kind of other spheres of life. And in a church like this, we are uh, built up in our leadership capacity within the church. We have training and teaching. And so everybody is expected to uh, and responsible for shaping the community. And so when we think about submitting to leaders, we feel a bit of a, a pull. The writer to the Hebrews, the context of the book of Hebrews, is not dissimilar to this, I think. Uh, the probably uniquely uh, among some of the other New Testament epistles, the emphasis is on everybody's responsibility. Everybody gets to play and everybody is expected to grow in spiritual maturity uh, to the point in which uh, they can shape and teach others. Uh, everybody is expected to be able to approach the throne of God, the throne of grace without an intermediary. This is the message of the book of Hebrews. Everybody is expected to exhort and encourage each other as they meet together. Everybody gets to play and everybody is responsible for the health of the community. And it's very exciting that we'll get to have a look at Christian community next week together. And so it makes it even more significant, I think, that in Chapter 13, after this uh, amazing treatise on how we all under Jesus the high priest 
have responsibility to come to him to shape and create our community and that there is only one leader, really, Jesus Christ, the one who is better, better than Moses, better than the angels, uh, better than the sacrificial system and the priesthood, it is striking then that the author would say, remember your leaders and submit to them. He's probably talking about two different groups here in the passage and um, you're very welcome to kind of look along with me. We're looking particularly at verse 7 and verse 17 and sort of the stuff that's in between. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Probably in this setting and this verse, the author is referring to those who were the founders of this community, perhaps those who have already died, those who were their leaders of the past and who set the trajectory the foundations for the beliefs and the practices which they are being called to hold on to throughout the previous 12 chapters. They, the ones who spoke the word of God to you, are to be remembered so that we might, that community might, hold fast to what they had received, that they might stay within the Jesus who is the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus has not changed. The message that they first came to hear has not changed, despite all the voices in their ears, in in our ears. And so they are to remember them not only as teachers but also as those who lived out that message. What did they see? What fruit was there in the lives of those who were there to begin with? And perhaps in this setting, they are those who have suffered for their faith. They are those who have, and we see earlier in the book of Hebrews, maybe experienced the confiscation, is that a word, of their possessions. Maybe they have experienced persecution. These are people who stood firm. And so leadership in that sense is a gift to us because it shows what what it can do for you to hold fast throughout a lifetime. Now, not all of us have the privilege of um, knowing or experiencing that type of leadership. This is a reasonably young congregation. Some have come from other places. Uh, Some maybe have just come. uh, This is your only experience of church. And so there are a couple of things that we can do if we don't have that. 
First of all, we can make sure that we are actually just getting to know the people that are around us. Are there people who have been Christians for longer than us in our midst? Most likely. Can we spend time with them? Can we ask them, what, what was it like for you when this tough thing happened? How did you make it? What did it mean uh, when you had doubts about your faith? How did you keep going? The world has changed so much, even in the last 10 years, 20 years. What's that been like for you? But also, we can learn from those who have uh, gone before us and who have left us a testimony of how they have uh, stood and walked with God through the ups and downs of life. And they, they, you know, we learn and we meet them in their books and in books about them. And so there is something, I think, calling this generation, and when I speak of generation, I mean anybody who breathes the, the air that we, we breathe in this society, that, that needs to hook back into the past and see... Are the things we're facing now things that have been faced before? What were the answers? How did people do it? We are not adrift. We are inheritors of an amazing richness. And so I think the author to the Hebrews would say to us, draw on that. Who are your past leaders, founders, elders, How are you reading and learning and drawing from them? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Well, he goes on to this little uh, excursus. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods. And you can kind of see here a little glimpse into maybe what it is for these uh, Christians to whom the letter is written, what the temptations are. Because you go along uh, and grace strengthening your heart seems not always tangible or within your reach. But old hierarchies, old rituals or fancy ways of making yourself feel special are always within your reach. And so there's the temptation to say, if we just do this or introduce this or go back to, for these Christians who are very likely to have had a Jewish background, then we will feel anchored in God. But the writer is saying, no, let what you have received, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever, let that, let that grace continue to strengthen your heart. Do not have leaders who will bring in strange or non-grace practices that you might... (laughs) Ooh, violin. 
That will be strange on the recording. <laughs> the second group of leaders and uh, the one probably, the message that it is a little bit harder for us to hear, maybe, uh, is in verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Well, you uh, have heard me say already that it's not easy for us to uh, consider leaders uh, and those in authority as our betters. But in fact, there's a legitimate uh, distrust, mistrust of leadership in this time uh, of Royal Commission. And it is... Uh, it is going to take years, decades for those in Christian leadership and just the church in general to uh, make any inroads into regaining that trust. But the sort of leadership that is spoken about here is leadership that is like a military watch person, a watchman, which is probably less anachronistic, um, for protection, for the sake of the good of the community. And so leadership here, those that uh, keep watch over you as those who must give an account, is not a sort of leadership that prides itself on being better or exercising power, but that is given responsibility to watch over and protect and order the community for its good. Some years ago, uh, we gave Phoebe a, a special present, and it, actually two, uh, it was a rabbit lead, uh, two rabbit leads, because we had two rabbits and she was keen as mustard to walk those rabbits. Now, this is what you do, I guess, as a parent, you're like, it's never going to work, but she wants the leads, we'll get her the leads, we cannot tell her it's not going to work, she has to see for herself. Anyway, once you actually put these tiny leads on the rabbits who are unimpressed by this experience, uh, you then put them on the ground, <clears throat> the rabbit, and you, you kind of, all right, let's, let's go for a walk. Let's do this thing. <clears throat> no, of course not. They either just like hunker down, you know, not moving, no way, They've got claws, they're a like a tiny rabbit, but no. Or <clears throat> they just refuse to go in the direction that, you know, you're leading them in. Excuse me. <clears throat> I had to go to the Year 11 formal at Ivanhoe Girls on Friday night, so I never thought I'd have to do that again, but <clears throat> here we are. Rabbits. That you're, you're trying to take them to the most beautiful grass. 
Dude, you're going to love it. You're going to sniff new smells. There's going to be some, you know, it's going to be juicy. No, not interested. They can't, you can't tell them. You can't explain to them. There is no leading the rabbit. We're not rabbits. We're not rabbits. But sometimes we do not appreciate that leadership in the church is set there for our good. We hunker down (laughs) or we go, no, I'm going that way. Sorry about that. We, We do not have the sense that the leader sits back and tries to look at the overall picture and say, how can each one of these members be brought to the new smells and the juiciest grass? How can I keep them away from things that will be unhelpful and destructive to their faith? How can I take all this body, how can we as a body, move to the best pastures? And that is the sort of leadership that is being described and that we are called to say, okay, do you know what? I thought the best grass was over there, but I'll go with it. All right. And in fact, I'm not even going to pull too hard because maybe you're seeing something that I don't see. Maybe... Maybe it's just part of being in this community and I'm going to find that it brings good to me. 1 Corinthians 16, uh, 15 to 16 describes leadership in a really similar way. You know, says Paul, that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labours at it. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. The leadership that is being described and that we are to submit to and obey is leadership that is working hard for the good of the community. And it's not just Peter. It's all those who exercise leadership and influence in uh, home groups, uh, leading services, leading children's ministry, all kinds And how do we do that? We encourage. We agree. We listen. We turn up. We join in. One of the amazing kind of uh, paradoxes, great paradoxes of the church is that by submitting... uh, to leadership, 
through joining in means that you shape what happens as well. So if you feel, I, you know, I, I like what's going on here in general, but I wish that we did ABC, or I'm not sure I really appreciated the emphasis that he or she had in the sermon. The best way to change and shape what is happening is to turn up, to get involved, to get to know, to spend time. And these are the things, surely, that the leader wants. I'm in the bizarre situation of uh, now being a parishioner in the church that I used to be the vicar at, of, ending sentence with preposition, not sure which one. Um, And uh, I feel... I feel that gives me some insight into both roles uh, and um, not always a pleasant insight into both roles. Um, This is being recorded. Uh, it's, it's, It's not easy. It's not easy when you're someone who is expected to exercise influence uh, and shape what you're doing in the rest of life to come and be like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, take what's going on here, especially since. And I think this is the reason why leaders are are to be given such respect and the role is, is so kind of important in the New Testament. This is the place where I am supposed to be fed and shaped by God. Yes, the rest of my life, but this is the place that I've set aside the time and where I'm desperate for God to meet me and for me to meet God and for me to be amongst my family of Christians because uh, out there it is not nearly as easy to talk this language and to share my heart. And so when that experience is difficult for you as a parishioner, That can be very, very painful. So how do you dissent? How do you disagree with leadership whilst in some way having this respect and obedience? Well, first of all, you dissent rather than rebel. Rebellion is uh, gathering people with you against someone or something. And uh, dissent is coming to that someone or engaging with that something. With the scriptures, with your experience, with your heart, with your prayers. Talking, meeting saying, in what way is the decision that you've made, Mr or Ms Leader, for the good of this community? I want to know. I want to know your perspective. And I'm not feeling it's for my good. And I'd like you to know why. Because this is the call for the leader. And if he or she has made a decision that you feel is not actually helping your relationship with God, not just because you didn't love that last song, although for some people music is very deeply connected to their uh, relationship with God. 
um, you, you bring that. If you just cannot agree, then you might decide on one of three things. You might decide, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to just, okay, we are, you know what we say, agree to disagree. You let this keep going and I will be part of this and work in harmony with you even though I, I don't agree. You may decide, no, it's just, it's just too much. When I come, it's just blinding me to, to other things that are going on and you need to uh, find somewhere else. Or you may decide, I can't be in harmony. I really don't want to go somewhere else. And so I will be a dissenting member, but probably that means that you don't be part of a core leadership team because throwing stones in the midst of that is, um, is very, very difficult, very painful for a leader. And so there may come progress on either side, yours or the leadership, in which you go, okay, after two years, things have changed in my view or your view, and uh, I'd like to exercise leadership now um, whilst having hung in there, uh, as it were. The point of all of this, and I'm going to finish up, is that leadership and our obedience uh, of it and submission to it is for our good. Leaders are meant to model so that we can grow. Leaders are meant to order and teach so that we might have new insight and a structured and easy way to continue to access the graces of God in this setting. But our doing so also brings great joy to the leader. And a leader who is experiencing joy in his or her congregation or home group or, or a group of volunteers for whatever ministry just spreads that joy into every heart. I, um, I loved these passages that the Apostle Paul uh, and, and John wrote about those that he was leading. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. And John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Each of us can experience that joy. Each of us can see those that we have cared for and ministered to befriended and walked alongside, growing. And each of us can contribute to the leader being a person of joy and so our community being a place of joy for our good and the blessing of those around us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Return us to our first love.
you. Guide our hearts to bring joy to those who work and serve that you would be glorified. Help us to turn up. Help us to get involved. Help us to get to know our leaders, that they might be models for us and that we might play our part. Where there is difference, help us to approach it with your grace, to dissent in ways that are relational and respectful. Heal the pain in our hearts from experiences of poor leadership in the past. And may this place be a place of joy from leader and people alike. Amen.